In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Today, May 13th, the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima is a wonderful opportunity to consider the need for conversion in our lives. That's what Our Lady encouraged those three young children to, to pray for the conversion of souls. And now in the Rosary, one of the options after each decade is to pray that Fatima prayer. Jesus, lead us from this, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. The only conversion. And our Lord is the way. Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. I, I do want to be a better son of God, identify myself more and more with you. Uh, I do want to convert, to change my way, my way of life, to be more, more like you. And we can benefit from uh, St. John's book of Revelation here, the last book of the Bible uh, in chapter 21. This image of, of well, his words, we'll use, go straight to his words. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of, out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling of God is with men. He will dwell with them and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Conversion. The Lord wants to give us a new life. And of course, the book of Revelation here, or the, the penultimate chapter of the book of Revelation, things are coming to a certain crescendo here, the new heaven and the new earth. And we see these words of, of hope, of, of joy, the new Jerusalem. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear. Let's, let's live this, my brother, and, and our, our daily lives, hoping in that uh, peace that only Jesus can give. Like you said to the apostles at the Last Supper, I give you a peace, a peace the world cannot give. And after all, the, yes, the travails of life, we all have our, our struggles and, and our sorrows, our difficulties, uh, our sins. But God, God is our, our Savior. Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. We should always have hope. We should always look to this new Jerusalem, aiming for this new Jerusalem. The devil wants us to fall to despair. 
and then we were to give up. But no, our Lord is saying, behold, I make all things new. So in this meditation here, in this oratory in Manhattan this evening, this theme of conversion is, behold, I make all things new. Our Lord wants that for us. God wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, St. Paul writes in his first letter to St. Timothy. And we indeed, Lord, we want, we want salvation. Well, this can only be earned with many difficulties. St. Paul mentions in the Acts of the Apostles. The path to heaven will involve many difficulties. And we see that in the history of the church. The gospel today, we made it to Mass. Our, our Lord's words to the, to the apostles at the Last Supper. If the world hates you, remember, they, hate, they hated me first. Wow, that's, that's strong language from our Lord. Our Lord is not one to, to complain, right? To, to play the victim. But it, it's just the fact. There is opposition. They crucified him. And, and so we, if we're trying to follow our Lord, should not be surprised to encounter the cross. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. There's just this, this tension between the ways of the world, uh, giving ourselves over to the idols of this world, and the way of Christ. The world itself is good. We see that right from the beginning. The creation account in Genesis. And God saw that it was good. And so that's not the problem. The world is good. The world is the playground of God for us. He's created for us. So we can thrive. We can rejoice in this world. But when we make idols out of these passing things of the world, that's, that's where sadness comes in. And that's where opposition comes in, and hatred can even come in. And, and our Lord makes it clear. I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all this they will do to you on, on my account. Because they do not know him who sent me. Lord, show us the Father. <laughs> we have to pray a bit like, like Philip, perhaps. Lord, show us the Father. Philip, don't you understand? If you see me, you see the Father. So we want to get to the Father. We want to get to the new Jerusalem. We want to get to the eternal banquet. And Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. And if we follow Jesus, we might, we probably will, if we really follow him closely, we will encounter opposition. And, and our Lord uses this language, hatred, persecution. If the world persecutes you, remember, they persecuted uh, me first. So we have to go that route. 
and with great joy, with great joy, and without playing the role of the victim. It's, it's wonderful to see how the, and the saints, they just keep going. They just, yeah, they, they receive opposition, they calumny, slander, uh, imprisonment, obviously martyrdom, but they, you know, they, they, they stay faithful to the Lord. And we want to live that way too. And that'll probably require conversion on our part. And it might not be from external entities that, that, we, that, that we encounter hatred. This, who, who is it? If the world hates you, remember that it hated me. Maybe it's my own world that is in opposition to my following Christ. And you can just go down the list of, of vices. Pride, maybe, that, maybe that's... You know, maybe my pride hates the way I'm trying to follow Christ. Maybe my envy. Maybe that's the opposition to my striving to be a son of God. Or anger, or lust, or avarice, or a sloth, or gluttony, whatever it be. Lord, I want to follow you. And, and, and we have to encounter those, those enemies first before we you know, look up uh, around us, really. Well, let's, here we are. We're here, to, we're here to pray. We want conversion. Lord, I want to move from the man I am to the man I ought to be. Prayer helps. We need prayer. Uh, the sacraments help. We need the sacraments. Confession, what a great encounter with Christ. Confession, talk about conversion. What a great thing confession offers us in this turning toward God. In a film of some years ago, I think 20 or so years ago, I believe, I'm not sure, called The Way. It's a story of an American doctor who receives news that his son has been killed in Europe while walking the way of St. James. They had a strained relationship. This doctor decides to finish the pilgrimage in his son's place. In the journey, he becomes himself. The main actor commenting on the film, uh, Martin Sheen. It's a story of renewal and healing. It's also a story of redemption and faith. Again, there, there's not, no time to go here to the whole setup of the movie, and I, I haven't seen it, just having talked to people who've seen it and reading commentaries on it, but it was, they were both going through a tough time. The father and the son, the strained relationship. And, and I, in a sense, it, it, I, I, could this be a metaphor of sorts of life? We've got to get up, we've got to walk the journey, we've got to go. If we're, if we're going to find peace, we, we, need to, we need to make our own way, our own journey. Yeah, in fact, uh, I, I have you know, made the way of St. James, uh, the, the, the shortest version uh, available in order to get the certificate, starting from Sarria. But anyway, uh, it, many people over the centuries have made this journey, some of them atheists. But there's a certain desire for a certain purification. In fact, they, back in the day, they would have prisoners would make the way of St. James. I don't know if it was 
hopefully it was optional, but uh, and the guards would go with them. But it was a penitential way for the for their crimes. They would allow them as a as a very good sort of healing way of looking at at sin, right? At crime. It's okay. Well, let's do some purification here. So indeed, it's a story of renewal and healing and redemption and faith. Since we all need to make, keep making our own way of St. James, our own pilgrimage in this life. As the pilgrimage progresses, the characters are forced to unload the things that burden them, both physically and spiritually. Sometimes we just carry too much. We have too much baggage, literally. That I don't know whether they had too many canteens or too much clothing. You just don't need that. You know, i got to make a journey here. This is holding me back. I've got to unburden those things. And then, of course, spiritually. What do I need to unburden spiritually? And perhaps some, some grudge that I'm holding against someone, not willing to let go. Even dwelling on it, uh, nurturing it, building up that grudge, because you know, he or she shouldn't have done that to me. I'm, I'm not going to let them off the hook. They don't deserve to be a receiver of my mercy. Well, that, that's a burden, whatever it might be. The, the, the spiritual writers talk about the predominant fault. There's some area we can probably hear in a prayer, maybe we already have a lot. We can think about it, pray about it. What is my predominant fault? How, where, where could I love the Lord better if I could just sort of just purify this aspect of my life? Maybe it's just disorder. Yeah, I, my schedule is just all over the place. I don't keep it. I sort of think about it, but then don't keep it. Disorder physically, my room's a mess. Maybe there's some something there that I've, I need to, uh, to, to unburden, yeah, to, to purify. St. Osiris said he, he, could, he could learn a lot about his spiritual sons and looking at their closet in their room. This is a lot about a guy you know, in a certain way. So, so whatever it might be that we see, okay, I, I need purification. I need to. And it might just be sins that we're carrying around. Just, I mean, that's, that's quite, if we're carrying around sins that we're, we're not willing to face and, and bring to the Lord, well, that's a huge block. St. Josemaria called it the sacramental wall. It's like a wall impeding us from really making the journey, really discovering that new Jerusalem, getting there. It's, it's, we're, we're in our small little world of sin that I, I want to keep to myself not willing to give it to God, not, not, not willing to, to go to confession. So, so whatever it might be, we, in a certain way we all need, we all need renewal and healing. That's just life. The real pilgrimage starts to take place on the interior. The pilgrims begin to open up their hearts. They begin to let go of anger and judgment and envy and all of the things that had kept them from being themselves. I guess a nice way to put it. This is a quote of actor Martin Sheen. Sin is basically talking about sin, envy, rash judgment, anger, all these things that keep us from being ourselves. 
who are we? What, what is myself? Who is me? I'm a son of God. St. Josemaria said, that's the greatest truth about myself. I'm a son of God. I'm made in the image and likeness of God. And if I'm not there, if I'm not aiming for that, if I don't realize that, if, if that's not my primary goal in life is to get there, I'm lost. I'm, I'm treading water. I'm sinking, really. Oh, yeah, I can look good. People around me say, oh, wow, that guy's so smart, or he, he's so witty, or he's got the great job. And, you know, all the girls like him. Well, so what? If, if we're not close to God, all that stuff counts for nothing. If we're not being ourselves. If we're... Yeah, and, may, and maybe if we're being ourselves, we're striving to be ourselves, be son of God, made in the image and likeness of God, we might uh, receive what our Lord speaks of in the gospel this morning at Mass. Persecution, perhaps hatred. That can happen. And it's worth it. And we know, Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. Again, we see, we see the, the attitude of the saints. God is everything. God comes first. St. Paul, who suffered a lot. We've been hearing about that in, in the first reading these days in the Acts of the Apostles, being... Stone, they tried to kill him, stoning him, left half dead outside of Lystra. The Christians go there and gather him up. Is, is he alive or not? Yeah. He, he's okay. He, he, he's alive. He gets up and he keeps evangelizing. He keeps going. And so he can write to the Romans, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. He's got, he's got that new Jerusalem in his sights. And he's willing to do anything to make it happen, because that's what's most important, God. We, we, the end does not justify the means. And this applies in all aspects of life. I don't know if we have to get scrupulous, but it's, hopefully it'll come somewhat naturally, but, but at times we do have to pause and consider what's the best thing to do here? Oh, but no, but if I do that, I think my conscience is leading me in that way, but everyone's going to make, make fun of me, or, or I'm going to lose friends, or, or they're going to think I'm a this or a that. Uh, that doesn't matter. I've got to do the right thing. Try to do the right thing. And, and, and with St. Paul, consider the sufferings of this present time not worth comparing with the glory that is to be real to us. And our integrity, and our, our, our sincerity, our truthfulness. We have to be like that the publican there. Remember how there's two men, there are two men praying. One is gloating about all the good things he does. And he, he thanks God that he's not like this you know, publican that... Uh, is next to him, the sinner, and, and there's, there's that sinner. He's just beating his heart. Lord, have mercy on me. Who went home justified? Lord have, have, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. The beautiful Jesus prayer. 
but let's keep the, the goal in mind, the new Jerusalem, heaven, the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be real to us. And that even happens in confession. Yes, it, there, certain suffering, could we say? It's not, it's not pleasant to go to confession, humanly speaking. But that suffering is not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. In, in confession, we have glory revealed to us. St. Josemaria writes in the way, there's nothing greater than being in the state of grace. That's the conversion. Behold, I make all things new. This is our Lord is saying that to us every time we go to confession. Behold, I make all things new. It's interesting that that, uh, that phrase is used in the Passion of the Christ, the, the film, the Passion of the Christ, as we see the suffering of Jesus. It's just, yeah, it's just one thing after another, and the, you know, the, the lashings, the crown of thorns, he carrying the cross, the falls. But but uh, when he falls and is encountered by the Blessed Virgin, his mother, and our mother, that's when the phrase. That's when the director puts that phrase in, into the film. It's from Revelation twenty one five. But when Jesus encounters Mary there in the film, and he, there's a certain look of hope on his face. And he's suffering, you know, he's suffering the blood, the, you know, the crown of thorns. But he's, there's a, he's like, yeah, this is good. It's, he, he's, 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 he wants to do it. He, he's offering up his life for us. He loves us so much. Behold, I make all things new. He says, he says our, 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 our blessed mother there. That's life. That, that, that should be part of our life. Behold, I make all things new. Allow the Lord to make us new. Now go to confession. Make a purpose of amendment. Be aware of, of those pitfalls that we know all too well. And, and be willing to convert, to change course, to, to make the true pilgrimage of our lives. And Peter Kreep, professor at Boston College, is an interesting commentary on joy, it's like an essay on joy, true joy. Pleasure is in the body. Happiness is in the mind and feelings. Joy is deep in the heart, the spirit, the center of the self. So he's distinguishing here between pleasure, happiness, and joy. Sometimes the words Happiness and joy can be interchange, used interchangeably, but, but here we, we see what he's, what he's getting at. Joy is deep in the heart. The way to pleasure is power and prudence. The way to happiness is moral goodness. The way to joy is sanctity. Loving God with your whole heart and your neighbor as yourself. Lord, I want joy. I want peace. The Lord promises promises his apostles, the last time I give you a peace, a peace the world cannot give. Am I being fooled by the voices out there or in, in, in myself? But there are a lot of voices out there saying, here, let me show you what joy, happiness, 
real pleasure is. Follow me. Well, let's strive to really follow God. Professor Creve comments here, no one who ever said to God, thy will be done, and meant it with his heart, ever failed to find joy. Thy will be done. Like our Blessed Mother at the Annunciation and her whole life, thy will be done. Like a Lord in the garden, of course. Not my will, but your will be done, Father. Anyone who does that has ever failed to find joy. And not just in heaven, or even down the road in the future in this world, but in this world at that very moment, here and now, closest to Christ, authenticity, integrity, and saying the right, living the right way, trying to live the right way, that's true joy. So even if we're being persecuted, and like the Lord says, or the world is hating you, if we're true to God, if we're trying to really say, thy will be done, we have joy at every moment. I've mentioned him a million times, but he's great, a great saint, blessed Franz Jagastardi, you probably know his story, an Austrian Catholic, uh, who would not make that pledge to Hitler in World War II. Now, he was willing to serve his country, but he would not make the pledge that, to Hitler. And he was put in military prison. And his life was in danger. And, and people were trying to convince him, just say it, just say the pledge and get out of here. If you just say the pledge and, and then you'll be free. And, and his response to that, but I am free. That's joy. He was, he, he was following his conscience. He was, with, he was doing God's will. Oh, no, but your husband, you, you're, you're, you've got three girls. What are you going to do? Why are you going to throw away that? I've, I've got to follow my conscience. I'm free. I'm truly free. And he, he was executed. Blessed Franz. Lord, help me to be authentic. Help me to be sincere and, and find joy in that. And it might be among, in little ways, I don't know, perhaps at the office, all wonderful good people around you with very good hearts, but maybe, maybe they tend to, I don't know, vilify the church or priests or Catholicism or Christianity. I don't know. It, it can happen. It happens. And laugh about it. And, well, are we going to remain strong there or laugh along? And, and internally, am I going to make the right choice when the pleasure principle is, is asking for what it has no right to ask for? What, what choice will I make? Every time, Peter Kreef continues, every time I have ever said yes to God with something even slightly approaching the whole of my soul, every time I have not only said, thy will be done, but meant it, loved it, longed for it, I have never failed to find joy and peace at that moment. I, I get the sense of blessed, blessed Franz found real peace and joy in saying, but I am free. I'm not going to make the pledge to Hitler. I'm not going to go against my conscience. I know I'm going to get killed. Peace and joy. 
Well, we certainly get a wonderful lesson from our Blessed Mother Mary. Here on the month of May, she is, one of her titles, Cause of Our Joy. Well, she leads us to Christ. That's all she wants for us. We're close to God, close to Jesus. And she said, yes, she meant it. She, she said, thy will be done, and she meant it. And that's the way she lived her whole life. Mary, teach us. Teach us to be lovers of the truth and, and lovers of your son, and to not be afraid to suffer as a result. And all this with great joy. Oh, man, Christianity is so tough. We're always getting beat up and be, pushed around. And, no, it's great joy. It's, it, we're in the world. There's a lot of great people here in New York. A lot of people, they just need someone to say something to them. Maybe no one's ever mentioned Christianity to them. It's got to be you. It's got to be me. But, a lot of good people. So, so yes, our, our Blessed Mother will help us. She, she wants her... She wants our salvation more than we want it. We're so slow, and she has nothing in the way. She's no sin in her. She sees clearly. Well, let's ask her to help us along, to give us a bit of vision so that we can allow the Lord to touch our souls and indeed to make all things new. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you've communicated in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.